Welcome to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, a show dedicated to cybersecurity challenges, solutions, a journey together, not alone. It is the week of September 19th. Uh, Today is Tuesday, September 20, and we're going to be doing a continuation on a conversation that was based on an episode we did two weeks ago called MDM, Not Just for Mobile Devices. We're going to do the going beyond RMM and MDM to manage your endpoints, what some of the nuances are between the two, where the overlaps are. I know we talked a little bit about this previously, but we're really going to dive into sort of where we see the industry going with this type of tool set. And of course, knowing that this is episode 101, you've got to take notes. Now on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of MSP 1337. We have had several conversations about RMM tools and MDM tools. And literally two weeks ago, I started the part one conversation of MDM is no longer just for mobile devices. And we're going to pick up with Jim Harriman. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. Part two with the beyond RMM and MDM. And we touched on it a little bit two weeks ago. We started talking about things like your two-factor authentication apps like Duo and LastPass and Okta and how there's suddenly a product that's actually bleeding into, for lack of a better word, the Venn diagram of RMM and MDM. And Jim and I were talking before we got on the show sort of about the evolution of these two platforms or two uh, operating system style approaches to managing endpoints. And if you go back four or five years, we can really say RMM was all about a terrible uh, patching model where we wanted to take ownership and control away from the vendor and say, we're going to patch when we feel it's appropriate to patch and not be at the mercy of automatic automated patching uh, dictated by the operating system or, or even to the point where we rely on our users to determine when they're actually going to apply patches. Well, in the Apple world for the last decade at a minimum, we can go back further, but let's, we'll, we'll keep it more confined to the last 10 years. Having an RMM tool that would work with an Apple product was far and few between. Like there just weren't a lot and, and the limitations on what they could do were pretty pretty minor, right? Like I don't even think you could do a major OS update on a Mac endpoint with your RMM tool without some heavy elbow grease. It was really more about uh, apps getting pushed maybe and some, some minor, hey, I pushed the Wi-Fi credentials to the device. And then MDM comes into play and MDM while it's been around you know more or less as long as as RMM tools have they have highly been focused on the mobile space and so we had you know Blackberry and the Windows phone and the uh, Google and just the Android and the list just goes on and on and on and we really needed a way to manage particularly with the amount of BYOD devices so Jim, you have a long background in the Apple space. And of course, there's been a lot of recent changes with Apple releasing even their own MDM. Talk to me a little bit about sort of the, the steps that you've gone through because you, you highlighted a little bit. There's a definite overlap, but I think you covered it really well earlier and I think it needs to be heard on the show. 
what do you think is the actual overlap between RMM and MDM when it comes to, we'll just, we'll start with Apple devices. Sure. I mean, I think that I, just based on, you know, going through the list of things that we want to accomplish with device management, right? We've got, I mean, this is kind of a, a concise, consolidated, obviously each of these parts have multiple pieces to them, but let's just say there's, you know, 25 uh, functions that we're looking for uh, with device management, whether it be MDM control, or- if you will. Control, right. Yeah, yeah device control. Um, and- you know, really out of those 25 functions, and I'm not going to list them all or do anything like that, but what? That's the whole premise of the show. Tell me every in great detail. All these, each, whoever's each listening, one. they're all smart enough to go out and look at all the stuff that I, <laughs> right, right, right. Anyway, the, you know, say 25 functions, um, total. And I, I looked at like the RMM that we use. Um, we use two, we use one, on the Mac side and we use one on the Windows side. Um, and roughly 20 or so of those functions can be covered by a standard R RMM. 15 of those functions can be covered by an MDM and there's an overlap of about 35%. So okay. we're seeing this converge convergence of uh, the MDM and the RMM into, you know, what, whichever acronym ends up kind of taking over. I don't know. I don't, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. No, it's not. I don't think we need another acronym necessarily as we already have like what 1500 to 2000 acronyms that we have yeah. to know what they mean. I think they'll just say land and it'll include MDM. Right. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, there's a, there's this, now there's this overlap that hasn't always existed. Sure. Right. But now we have this overlap of about 30 to 35% functionality speaking um, of MDMs and RMMs. And I think the, the struggle is, is that, you know, we we're all paying for an RMM tool and now we're paying for an MDM tool and you know, 30% of it is they're doing the same thing and we're getting kind of hit from both directions. And uh, fortunately in the Mac world, uh, there is a product out there that really does both um, and does it really well. It's not perfect by any means, but it, it handles the monitoring of the things that folks in our profession want to monitor. Um, but it also handles all the uh, MDM side of things that uh, we've come to uh, rely on from that perspective, initially with mobile devices like iPhones and iPads and things of that nature. But now, um, particularly over the last five years or so, um, it's gone beyond the mobile device into just sure. the device, right? Whatever that device is. Um, having that functionality to uh to control it so that thing that makes me think about like operating systems that haven't necessarily changed but the devices that they're run on have gone from what started out probably mobile i think about like a lot of android stuff so like the school district we had a lot of interactive panels you weren't going to pick it up and like hop in the car and, and go somewhere with it because it was 75 inches and weighed 300 pounds um but for all intents and purposes the operating system that's running on that device is the exact same that's running on the, the Android phone that you might be carrying around in your pocket. 
that I think has been a large contributor to pushing, you know, how these things get managed, which makes me raise this question as, as you're going down like sort of the Apple path. And I was thinking about the convergence, if you will, of, of vendors that are both like, and I don't mean that they have uh, that their product is an overlap, right? Like it's their product is an MDM is one part of it. And an RMM is the other part of it. So one, one vendor providing two separate tools in the same dashboard. Because I think it's important to note that when I think about MDM, it's really about controlling the user experience. And I think about RMM really trying to define and control the security and integrity of the device the user is going to be using. And while there is overlap, like you said, they still have very distinct intent as far as their, their purposes are. And I think that's one of the things that I, I really wanted to talk about today is where do we go from here? Because we've largely been dependent upon the tools. And I think COVID unfortunately was what brought a lot of this to light. So 35 plus employees uh, in a company in one office that are now 35 plus employees working from 35 plus offices. Uh, right. And then some that I think we had turned to often a blind eye to because we were passing out mobile devices all day long and our employees were hugely protected when they were in the office and then had very limited protection when they went to Starbucks or got on a plane or, or, or you name it. And I think that's where I, I want to focus our, our intent around these products is that they solve significant problems because I no longer have to get in a car and drive there. I no longer have to wait for the employee to show up at the office to take advantage of a, a new security feature or a new profile update that makes their experience better or at least more secure. Where do we start, Jim? I feel like that's been a blessing and a curse. You know, Brian Weiss says this all the time, tech debt and what's running in the system tray and how many vendors products are you using? Which quite honestly, an RMM tool and an MDM tool are, are another product running as an agent, either in the system tray or as a hidden, you know, service running in the background. But these are potentially the highest risk to any end user's device as it is its biggest guardian and protector. I, I don't disagree. I mean, the, you know, the way that I've kind of broken down the differences between the MDM and the uh, RMM is MDM is, is, has a very administrative mindset to it. Right. So it's, it's, it, it is about versus edge safari yeah. versus. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just very administrative and, and, you know, kind of policy driven yeah. that, you know, you go in, you set it up the way that you want your organization to have a device and that's what it gets. And that's pretty much the extent of it. Sure. It doesn't really report back anything. You know, the user will say, Hey, I lost my device. You click a button, it's locked down. You know, it's a brick, what, right. you know, whatever. Um, and the, 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 the RMM side is a, you know, it is certainly a, a proactive tool for us to react in a timely fashion, right? Right. I mean, it's and, monitoring and, change for sure. Yeah. Doing that and and giving us the ability to uh, respond to the activity, if you will, that is uh, occurring on the device. And so that those two things getting there is um, it's a, it's that's a difficult question of where to start because. 
if you we've already started by having most of us have rmms regardless of what they are um and you know if you're in the mac world you've been dealing with mdm for a long time it's sure windows world it's a it's a newer thing within the last you know three three to five years say right let me and, let me throw an analogy at you and see if this this sticks i think of the rmm tool as like it is the ekg machine monitoring a heartbeat and your mdm is deciding the prescription of medication to give that heart there you go that's that's a good one <laughs> okay because because i think i think what what we're really saying here is it's the convergence or not going beyond mdm going beyond rmm is really not what we're what the the, the need is here it's that you really are getting to the place in today's cyber threat landscape that says you have to have really both of those things in play because we've moved to a decentralized office. We have moved where our domain controllers don't live in a easily accessible building anymore, or maybe we do, but the reality is the end user is not always there. The ability to talk to the cloud is obviously very native now for the new devices that we consume, but securing those is, is complex and difficult. And we all are hearing things like, man, if we can only get rid of the VPN, if we can only have a better like, you know, Windows direct access and those kind of things. But the reality is where RMM didn't really give you that level of, like you said, the policy, the connectedness to say, I know that I need to change this prescription because your heart rate is beating awfully fast. I need to give you a, some, some, I'll give you a horse tranquilizer, whatever it is. Um, but Without MDM today, you really can't do a good job of pushing policy to those endpoints. And I, those of you listening, yeah, if you're a domain controlled environment and everybody's in the office or they're, they're in some sort of VPN where they've got good two-way communication, look, I'm not arguing that you need MDM, but I find that that's probably going to be far and few between anymore and that most of your devices are out and about. So whether it's through a 365 connector, Jump Cloud, or some of these other solutions that are coming out there, you have to have a way to dial in lockdown, and which kind of comes back to introducing yet a third scenario, which is like a gateway product, right? Like your Duo, Okta, LastPass, uh, Orca. I mean, there's a slew of them out there, and they all have different levels of functionality that do different things from SSO to encrypted to FA. Like, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely see companies that are, you know, big on the identity management side of things, possibly bringing in device management to some degree. I, Jump Cloud already did it, right? So, I mean, if you if you look at that and what they're doing, and seeing that, you know, the octas and uh, the, those. I just, I don't, I, I say it's inevitable. I also think it's inevitable that, you know, companies like Apple and Microsoft with their, you know, respective products uh, for device management are, you know, going to, to, you know, start to eat up that, you know, um, market. Like the new passwordless, the new passwordless biometrics right. for. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... you've got, you've got, you know, the big four companies out there, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon and Google all coming together and saying, yeah. this is how we're going to do it. So yeah. this hasn't know. worked for a long time. We need to come up with a better solution because 
with just like the you know the recent last pa- or yeah the recent last pass no no that's not the one i'm thinking of uh the recent uber uh right. debacle right like if you think about how how quickly the user that compromised essentially everything uh it was an identity compromise that right. led to their current situation and i think that we don't spend enough time and energy on that so so going beyond the mdm and rmm tools and maybe introducing and i think you could probably do a whole series on identity management like what are we what what and who uh, identities are we managing because i think there's the identity and integrity of a device and the identity and integrity of a user either on that device or accessing something else through that device and i think you know all the tools that we've talked about play into that but what what strikes me as odd or or why haven't we overcome this yet is what are we doing to make the user experience one that's not dictated to as much as it is uh, asked for, right? So like I should be able to, we talk about the, the zero trust model all the time. Zero trust what? So if I'm an end user, I don't know what that means, right? Like the end user is not going, oh man, I can't use Office because it's a zero trust. We're only a Google shop or, or however you might flip it. We're Slack, not Teams or... You, you could go at all over the place. Also, you got shadow IT factoring right. in. And, and the reality is, and this is where I think MDM is beautiful, is like if I ensure that the application that's on your device is the one that you asked for, but I went and trust verified and then made it available to you through a controlled container, we have solved both problems, right? Yep. A, you're not just out there willy-nilly downloading apps off the internet because you're trying to make your life easier. And B, the whole organization knows that there's an app that's been consumed and it is okay to use. And hey, why isn't everybody using it? Because Shadow IT, you have no idea what apps are being used because if they're browser-based, you can't see them. That's 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 correct. I mean that that is a that's a different challenge altogether. Even though it's it's certainly relevant to the conversation, but you know I. I as much as a you know Apple fanboy as I've been in my life, I mean Apple has done some things that I'm frustrated by as a you know a IT provider. Um, but then you know looking at the overall scope of things, like the App Store, yeah, you know, it was brilliant. What they did was brilliant. I, I mean I don't agree with their you know uh, pricing model for developers and things of that nature. Sure, but. It was brilliant. I mean, you're you're getting it vetted out by, you know, by Apple. It's being approved by Apple to go onto your device, which means that they are taking some level of responsibility for what is allowed to be on your on your device. Wait, so you're saying I can deflect or defer yeah. some of my risk to somebody else that's much larger and has more resources to throw out this than I do? Well, I think if you look at the the history of what they've done and how many actually malicious type apps have made it through that that process um i think the that what they're doing just kind of speaks for itself and it speaks volumes security security first right yeah to to a large degree and i think that you know that that is a you know there's there's pros and cons to all of those things you know being able to you know do whatever you want with the device that you paid for and you know all that kind of mentality um as to why a lot of people don't like apple to begin with you know i mean now i the think the closed ecosystem yeah i think the vast majority of 
folks within our industry, particularly, are starting to see that, you know, they they had it right. They may not have been doing it or implementing it right, but the idea behind everything that that they've done, Microsoft is adopting. You sure. know, I mean, it, all of these companies are adopting this mindset because. You know, I mean, they realize that, yes, what we are providing, and I think it's risk controlled by them, quite honestly. I think that they are controlling the risk of the the products that they deliver to consumers, yeah. and whether that's consumer, you know, at home or in a business. I think that goes hand in hand with the uh, new American Data Privacy Protection Act that's currently a little bit stalled, but I mean, it's been voted on and, you know, no one's going to stop this really from going through unless some changes aren't made. And what was interesting about the changes that are being requested is tied to California. And everybody was like, oh, California. It's like, well, California has your Apple and your Google and all of these huge tech giants that have been innovative and come up with these, you know, amazingly brilliant ideas to implement. And all of those come with them some risk tied to privacy and security and all these different things. And, and the point was, Hey, we've also been putting these laws in place, you know, CCPA uh, and, and other, you know, laws that kind of restrict what can be done with consumers data. And the whole reference point was if our law in the state of California is more strict than what is provisioned in the ADPPA, we don't want to suddenly be like, our law no longer has, you know, value when it's a more strict law and it's being trumped by the federal one, you know, we want to see this still work. And I think similarly, you know, Apple sort of blazing the trail for we're only going to allow apps that have been vetted through our store. That, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you think about like the whole, like the whole FDA world of like, like say buying meat in the store and the sticker says best if used by, right? right. Like, or where it says sell by date, like the day after that, that meat is no longer supposed to be on the shelf so that you can consume it and potentially get sick. We have to do that. I think we have to allow the RMM and the MDM and whatever else tools you put in play the conversation has to happen though too, because I think that's where we're having a big challenge is you, you know, I had this conversation earlier today. End users don't want you to explain the acronym to them. They don't want you to tell them why you're subscribing to say security services or why you're using the MDM tool. What they want to understand is what you're putting in play going to help me do my job better, be protected and at the end of the day, go home and sleep at night because I know I'm not disclosing data that I shouldn't be willy-nilly when I'm out and about. And in order for us to change that, we as solution providers in the industry have to stop being about what's the tech stack look like and be more about how do we enable, it's where we started, right? Like MSPs did not start out with the bronze, silver, and gold model that literally went into great detail about the products and services. No. We were bronze, silver, and gold based on how we enabled and provided more benefit to the client through their access to us as resources. And over the years, that has turned into less and less of the color, uh, <laughs> the color badging, but more into of like, and we include security subscription services on your firewall. And they're like, yay. <laughs> so glad you charged me for it too. 
Well, the the challenge in that in that realm, you know, is a lot of these you know companies, Apple included, Microsoft included, you know, are marketing these things directly to our clients, right? And so that you know they're bypassing us completely, Apple specifically, with their you know um, business essentials MVM, yeah. right? Which is which is cool you know, to some degree, because it is raising awareness to the client that, hey, you know, are we doing this already? Right. Are we, you know, are, and, and, you know, in our case, the answer is yes, absolutely. We are because we've been doing that for, for quite some time. Um, the, you know, we, we actually lost a client a couple of weeks back that basically said, yeah, I can, I can implement, you know, insert MDM name here, uh, for X number of dollars a month, push a button, and I'm 100% secure and locked down. And I'm like, okay, great. And then, yeah, you I know, really can't the argue handoff, that one. On the handoff conversation with our team, uh, it was like, hey, um, you know, we started going through all the things that needed to be done so that they could indeed deploy their own solution yeah. internally. And um, they were like, oh, really? We have to do all of that? You know, yeah. we have, there's all these things that, that apply here yeah. that they were, you know, under this misconception that uh, we were just pressing buttons and, and locking. It's everything. not just a shiny object that I get to unpack and it's like Christmas and I turn it on and it just works because who hadn't has a, who hasn't had a problem with a cell phone, new cell phone, and it comes right. in the mail and you're like, you spend an hour and a half on the phone with support trying to get the phone to actually, you know, make phone calls. Sure. Yeah. And then they, you know, ultimately it was, uh, you know, Hey, will you set it up? And we're like, ah, we don't think so. You know, yeah. you, you know, you want to come is... back into the fold, we can revisit the conversation, <laughs> but it sounds like you need to hire some people if you're going to go down this path. Right. Exactly. But so in the, the time we have left, I think uh, I'd like to revisit the, the Microsoft Azure or Intune, I'm sorry. And the Apple MDM. So we got two products and I'm not trying to, you know, pitch them head to head. I think that's total waste of energy. But I, I bring it up because I think that because of those two products being in existence today, we actually have convergence happening, one, of, of an overlap of, of services. But, but two, to your point about this client, we've raised the awareness about both platform ideas about this is automation to a degree, but more importantly, it's about being able to say, I only want the following things. Um, would you say that there's probably before, before Apple announced, there was probably, I'm going to go with a dozen players in the MDM space that was yeah. really Apple oriented. I want to say it's probably doubled since Apple announced their MDM. I, I, at least like, yeah it seems like things are just you know I'm, there's a new new one i coming. could make one up right now and you would believe me because <laughs> they're literally that many different pro i mean from open source and free to to paid and you're like it costs how much per endpoint for that product and where were they a year ago and why is it so blasted expensive for their product that's magical and comes with you know skittles at the end of the rainbow versus the products that we've seen on the market that are evolving rapidly. I'll give an example, uh, FileWave. I remember when FileWave, when we adopted that at the school district, 
man, it was like you had to load the client on the on the machine that's gonna do all the the, the pushing policies. You had these um, booster servers for like you know anything right. that wasn't through the Apple Store, so that it didn't have to go out to the internet and then come back. And you fast forward, and it's like almost all of the functionality now has moved to a cloud web GUI. And you no longer are having to deal with the client and moving stuff around. Like they're evolving rapidly. And it's funny because when they first rolled out on the Mac side, they had been a Windows shop. Right. And they added, so then they added Android and Linux and all these other platforms. But again, from a pure play MDM, like there's some functionality on the patching side, but by and large, they are really about making sure that the policies and the applications and how those applications are configured are being done right. And I think the evolution of vendors like that is also now pushing in this back and forth of like, how do we get ahead of this so that we have those features too? And so I was thinking about this the other day. You brought this up too, having two different products, right? So uh, two different uh, RMMs or even two different MDMs really, because you could run into that as well. Sure. Uh, I get asked this question of like, well, we have this one client and they have like all these contractors and we don't really want to spend the money on, you know, rolling out duo or Octo with them. What are your thoughts on us just using the Intune product? Cause they use 365 through us. And I'm like, okay, so if we're gonna talk MDM, Sure. Let's, let's just say that that makes perfect sense. But what, what got me kind of um, uh, worked up and thinking about MDM tools and RMM tools is, especially when you get into that BYOD space, what are the things that can happen to that device that the user is unknowing agreeing to? And so obviously we could do a whole series on it, but yeah, that's, you you're know, opening a huge can of worms. Right. But what are your thoughts? I think, I think BYOD is going to be a huge, huge future for, for the whole industry because you just can't compete with productivity tied to any device connects me to whatever cloud interface that has the work project that I need to be on. And they give you the means to do so in a secure fashion. But I think there's a lot that's still not worked out as far as what happens when the end user opts into and says, yes, I will let the organization manage this device. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm against it. <laughs> as far as, you know, I, I don't like BYOD environments to manage because, you know, it, it is, um, it, it's just a... It, it just gets real dicey. I mean, I've seen it work really well, but we're talking big, huge international organizations that, you know, have, have things in place. In the general small business world, I, I discourage it 100%. But back to the, you know, the, you know, in tune. The specific you know, question the whole, around what happens when it's BYOD, whether you like it or not. Right, yeah. <laughs> the, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a struggle. And I, I don't think that, um, I mean, if, if the user is opting in and allowing the uh, control to be placed onto their systems, then, you know, I think it has to be, I think it has to be fully done. I don't think you can go halfway just with the device management MDM side. I think you have to go all in uh, with those devices in order to, uh, protect to the best of our abilities, the client that hired us, right? I mean, I, I think that 
by saying only putting MDM onto a device that is done, uh, especially now we're, if we're talking phones, okay, because that's really all we're doing with phones is MDM. But if we're talking laptops and desktops or whatever yeah. that are BYOD, I think they have to be all in with the whatever you know stack you're using to, pr I, to I like protect that. it to the to the best of your ability. And if the client or the end user is unwilling to do so, then um, you have to make a decision at that point. You know, I mean, that's, that's really kind of what it boils down to, at least from my mindset and my perspective on it. So just as we wrap up the show, if I understand correctly, you know, the MDMs, the RMMs that we're using to manage devices, whether they're BYOD or not, I think ultimately, and correct me if I'm wrong here, we're talking about the data flow. Right. So if we can define data flows for different data sources, well, now you can have a BYOD conversation that's less complicated because you can go, oh, if we're talking BYOD and it's just for email and for collaboration on documents that are in a container that you can't offload or take outside of those containers. Right. Well, that's a whole lot different than you're working on some sort of massive project that has you loading lots of data and content to your physical device. Yep. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> I think we're on the same page, whether it's going beyond RMM and MDM and starting to talk about some of the other things we use to control end user experiences or give them the optimal experience that they so desperately wish for. Jim, anything else that you would like to share with the audience? Um, you know, nothing, nothing particularly. I would, I would say just based on my experience that, you know, if you're supporting cross-platform, you know, expect to use the best tools for those platforms and not try and jam, you know, Apple into the Intune box at this point. Um, yeah. That would, that would be my, my, my takeaway, you know, at, from a, from the Apple perspective, because there are way better tools to do it. If it's just mobile, mobile devices, phones, iPads, whatever, I think that's fine. But if you get into the, you know, the computer user side of things, laptops and, Devices yeah, like that. I, I think you. I, I think I would agree with that as well. I, I, I yeah. It, it's but you know what's funny is it's coming, and so because of that, the other players are ramping up their game too to make the enticement of moving away from even if it's free is not so enticing when they're looking at what they have and would be potentially giving up. Right, for sure. Well, for those of you listening, this has been an episode of MSP thirteen thirty seven. Stay safe out there and have a great week.